home of Patriots Monday and Friday. 93.7 WEI-FM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. And knowledgeable Boston sports talker Drop it in hotter than a tropical climate Breaking news, he supplies it And you want the truth? Scoops, Keith will find it He's talking about all the sports And he's also a hashtag dork And a father of two sweet daughters The leader of your squad For you evening marauders And night commuters Tune in and sit tight Six to ten, more like six to midnight. Ow, the mic's hot on a night's watch crew. Celtics, Bruins, Pats, and Red Sox, too. Doing this since the Rich Keep Project. Now he's got podcasts and Twitch stream content. KWFE on WEEI. It's the Rich Keep Show, so here's your guy. Ah, KJ and Lions in for Rich Keefe, and I've got my corn pipe. John, do you have your corn pipe as well? Uh, no, but I do have what some call a button nose. So. A button nose. Well, you know what I hum- do have though, KJ. Hang on a second. I'm pretty hyped up right now. The King of Kings, Rob Bradford, was just in the studio from two to six. Just gave me one of these new baseball isn't boring T-shirts. Oh my gosh! It makes grateful Yule log fire kindling. Oh, you, I, I know what I'm wearing on Christmas. I'll tell you that baseball yeah. isn't boring T-shirt. And if you I, don't, you should subscribe to that podcast. Maybe I would wear it if we decide that after our session, my wife and I. That we're not going to have a kid. Interesting. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> However, I play the Yuletide song for you to remind you of what went down almost about this time last year, but earlier this year at the Red Sox winter meeting. Hit it, Stiz. The most uh, informed thing I can say is that it's expensive to have baseball players. To have the best. <laughs> <laughs> not the Yuletide spirit. So what, what has enabled us over the years to be able to spend with the Yankees and the Dodgers and is, is your support. And that support is through ticket prices. It's, it's watching this, but a lot of it for us is ticket prices. Put a product on the field. Ah, the walls of Worcester can be wellowing sometimes. I don't did know did I hear someone or... like gagging in that or like kind of a third? Did yeah, you, hear... <laughs> you hear the woman say, I have to pick up my kid at two. <laughs> wow. I, like... Yes, that is earlier this year at the 2023 winter weekend in Worcester. And what names did you hear when it came to the spending? The Yankees and the Dodgers. And who just won Christmas? Who just won it, John? I would say the Yankees and the Dodgers mostly. The Dodgers. Yankees and the Dodgers. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Text line three seven ninety three seven. John, go ahead. Yeah, look, KJ. I know we got a three hour show to do, but if you want, I Think can 15 just minutes at a time. <laughs> right. I, I I know we can. If you want, I, I can just end that whole narrative in about twenty five seconds. Unless you want me to stretch it out over three hours. No, no, no. Because everything is in fifteen minute clips. Like, okay, we'll, so we'll, we'll get a re- we'll get out of here at thirteen somewhere like that. It's all part of the okay. mad science. So John Henry says, you know, hey, ticket prices are what helps us be competitive, and we need to compete with the Yankees and the Dodgers. Now, John Henry, to his credit, has been the owner of four World Championship teams. Pretty good, pretty good. Now, here's the payroll 
Of those four teams, in 2004, they were second in baseball. In 2007, they were second in baseball. In 2013, remember that year where it was like, oh, they have a lot of guys overachieving, you know, there's some bargain basement guys? Yeah, they were third in payroll in the MLB. In 2018, arguably the best Red Sox team ever, they were first in payroll. So this whole idea that we're going to not need to spend a lot, we're going to find bargains and all this, Whenever they've won a World Series, they've been a top three team in payroll. So to act like they don't need that to win a World Series, which I think is what we've seen over the last four or five years, because since 2018 when they won the World Series, so after that World Series, since then, they have only signed one player to a contract worth at least $100 million, and that was Trevor Story, (laughs) one free agent. Only one guy, right? And I know they had the sale re-sign, I get it, but there was only been one free agent that they have signed to a deal worth over $100 million, it was Trevor's story. So they know the what it takes to win. They know top three in payroll is what it takes to win with good farm system, yes, all that. And they're just, they have changed, and they are not doing that. John, I hate to be the bearer of bad news because the elephant in the room is, guess what free agent didn't show up this time? It starts with Y, ends in O, but it could be because of you, the fan base. As you mentioned, John, the one free agent, and I and let's go across sports here in, in New England. Let's just have an honest conversation. Who has signed here in their prime and said, I've chosen Boston and I want to be here across sports of stars in their prime? Like you beat out right. people. I'll give you a couple of names and, and tell me if this makes you salivate or it tells you a story. Gordon Haywood for the Celtics. At the time I salivated. Now not so much. <laughs> okay. Um Trevor's story. Uh, yeah, no. And he's not even in his prime anymore. See, here's the issue. How many of these signings, you mentioned the the glory years of the early 2000s and the mid-2000s. How many of these big names are coming since the onset of social media? Uh, so what, would just you call that like 2010? years. Yeah, yeah, 20, yeah. it's called 20, well, since 2013. A, so if you look at, just real quick, to go back like, the f- before 2010, like Manny Ramirez chose here, that was top of the market. That's Dice, 2000. Daisuke Matsuzaka chose here, that was Since top of the people market. People could have right. an opinion and get their emotions out there where players, their agents, their families can see what the vibe is of a fan base. You've been able to do that better now with social media than ever before. I remember Manny Ramirez was doing that interview. I think it was on Channel 4, I believe. And he was saying, yeah, I can hit a fastball, anything that comes in at 93, when he was in the cage, when he first got here. That's what, 2000? There's no social media. Since social media has ramped up, and let's just say 2017, where it's really picked up, right? What free agents haven't looked at what's occurred by whether the fan base operates, and I give Mookie Betts a lot of credit, boy. He must because think about it. He was in the room to get who? Otani. Yeah, it, he was. And in then the Otani was to, in the room to get Yamamoto with with Mookie. Was he not? I I know Mookie was at the Otani meeting. I don't know if he went to the Yamamoto. Oh, I'm sure meeting. he didn't miss the other one. Yeah, but you're probably my, right. The, here's the thing: Mookie Betts is a centrifuge that that existed here and could be doing similar things for free agents to come here. And you have nobody to do like who if you were the Red Sox right now and a free agent said, you know, I'm thinking about coming up there because I heard there's, you know, a a lower tax on food and clothes when you buy food from food stores and clothes from stores that are closed. You just don't buy clothes at a food store. Right. That's the trick. Who's the player you send out and say, yeah, come and tell me about what it's like coming to be here? Yeah. The only one for the Red Sox, really, I would say would be Devers. Like, that's the only guy. And if you have a uh, 
Asian player, like someone from the Japanese Baseball League, maybe Yoshida. But you're right, it's not the same as sending out like Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, like the Dodgers can. You know, or now the Yankees can send out Garrett Cole and Juan Soto, right? A little bit different. But you mentioned like who's chosen the money since social media. Like there are actually a decent amount of examples here that have been In good players. David Price. Al Horford, wait, wait, Gordon wait, wait. Okay. Hayward. Okay, let's like, go back to David Price. Of, there's let's a go back lot to David. Of ex- and even, let's, and just real John, quick, let's one go more. back to David Price. What about Jalen Brown? Supermax? What happened? Jalen Brown doesn't count he because chose he's chose to stay. No, he's a drafted player. There's he chose a difference. To stay. I'm talking about people who've picked up a phone and said, I'm going. What happened with David Price on the way out? Was it good for him? They try. Uh, well, he did win the he won a World Series. Say, uh, and they tra- they was traded it him. Good for David Price. Do you think David Price will write a recommendation letter for this area for the fan base for anybody who might say, "Hey, I know David Price. I know he played there. Let me give him a call and let me see if I can get a recommend later- recommendation letter." Does he write that letter? Probably not. Okay. So again, the p- free agents are talking with each other. You see it in the NBA as well, right? Like, great Drew Holiday is a great signing, but we're not talking about a top twenty NBA player. So who is choosing Boston? We might be with Porzingis. And, just if, just if, you're, if you're going to send me that Porzingis is suddenly a, a big-time free agent signing in his I prime. mean, it was a trade, so I, I guess it's not. And, uh, and Holiday was, too. So Well, but my point being is, and yeah, okay, I'll even give trades somewhat of, of, of leverage if they have the power to do it or not do it. But when it comes time to get out on the open market, tell me that social media and the conversations that have happened over the last several years is not affecting players' thoughts or even giving the time of day to what's supposed to be the city of champions and the biggest sports town in America. But, they, but they're but they not coming. Like, Mike Trout, on the downtrodden years, may be the next most exciting baseball acquisition that the Red Sox get. Yeah, but here's the thing. I actually think that David Price is a good example of what you're talking about because yeah, Boston may not be as attractive as Miami or L.A., even maybe not as Chicago, but David Price was the best pitcher on the market. They knew they had competition from teams like St. Louis and, and some others, so they offered him the most money by a decent chunk, and he took it, and he helped them win a World Series. Like To me, I, I'm not fully disagreeing with what you're saying. Like I, The Boston fans can be too harsh sometimes, right? We know that, but... That's not an excuse or a cop-out for the Red Sox to not even be in the neighborhood on Yamamoto, which they weren't, right? Like, well, we know the Mets and the Dodgers were at 325. We know the Yankees were at 300. Seems like the Red Sox weren't even quite in that. I'm not saying they didn't offer anything, but to me, that's not an excuse for them not to be in the neighborhood. So let me let's just play in fairness for the Red Sox. What if we're being told that they weren't in the neighborhood, but they were, and they just lost, right? Because like Ricky Bobby said, if you're not first, you're last, if they were in the neighborhood, I'd give them credit. I, I would, but it doesn't right. seem like they were. And they have and their track record over the last five I don't years, even they think, haven't. I don't been. even think they took the call from the realtor. I, that's what I really believe. I, I just don't like, forget being, are they in the neighborhood? I think it was just kind of like, we're. it's never on the radar. It doesn't matter. You could offer the most money, and we can still say no. You, you're not going to come out and say, we offered more money, and they, and they, they said no to us. Because at the end of the day, these players make so much money. Any this is why we can't apply our own personal math to these guys. What's the difference between two hundred million and three hundred million? Maybe about fifteen million, twenty million in taxes, right? So that's how these guys tend to think. Versus like, oh well, you know, I could have taken you know thirty more million over there. Now that's just put me in a higher tax bracket. They have these guys standing next to them, and then the next thing they ask is, do you feel like you'd be comfortable living there for an entire season? 
especially in baseball where you're going to be living here for at least five months. Probably more than five months, to be honest. Yeah, and look, I, I'm, I'm again, I'm not fully disagreeing. Like, I think some t- the, there is a segment of the Boston fans that go way over the top in their negativity, and I'm sure it does have some sort of effect on free agents or guys who aren't in a come. But again, like, if you have a good pitch and you offer the most money, you can still get the guys. We've seen the Celtics do it with multiple high-end players. We've seen the Red Sox do it when they want to. We've seen the Bruins keep pretty much all their stars here. And I know yeah, part of that is they all want to play totally, together. I get, but that's they, totally different, right? But they you, want to keep their guys here, right? We've seen, And we saw the and the Patriots are a little bit of a different category because they had Brady. But they were to base, basically able to bring in anyone they wanted to bring in over the last 20 years. Now, sometimes they chose not to, but essentially anybody they did want they were able to bring in, and they were able to retain if they actually stepped up financially. Now, again, sometimes they didn't, but they were able to do it. Like, I, I think, like, again, I'm not fully – like, there is a segment of the Boston fans that go overboard and make it rough to play here. But that's also not an excuse to not be in the neighborhood with your pitch or with your financial offer, which I feel like the Red Sox were on this, and they have been quite a bit – over the last five years. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a reckoning going on, unfortunately. 617-779-7937, text line 37937, KJ and Lions, still much to come. We are wrapping gifts for our WEEI fellow co-workers. We'll reveal what those are. The Lions Den, still to come in about 30 minutes. We'll talk more Red Sox and the Verdugo comments. Oh, my gosh. That's coming next, but right now it's time to t- trend with Stiz. <laughs> Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI. Trending now on WEEI and WEEI.com. The Red Sox officially lost out on Yamamoto as it broke that the Japanese starter has signed with the L.A. Dodgers for 12 years and $325 million. Celtics have the night off tonight. They're back uh, back on the court tomorrow afternoon when they'll take on the Clippers in L.A. Tip-off at 3.30. Celtics have struggled on the road, and the Clippers have won their last six games at home. Bruins on the ice tonight in Winnipeg to take on the Jets. Puck drop at 8 p.m. Matt Patra unavailable due to playing in the juniors in Canada. Bruins have lost two games in a row and have played in four consecutive games that have ended in overtime. Winnipeg Jets have won seven of their last nine. Bill Belichick, known for his no-sleeve hoodies, not only head coach of the Patriots, but fashion mogul? My fashion trends. One of the things I'm known for. Fashion. That's right. Bill Belichick, known for fashion. Patriots continue to get ready to head to Denver to take on the Broncos kickoff Sunday night at 8-15. Patriots have ruled out Juju Smith-Schuster, Ramondre Stevenson, and Jabril Peppers for Sunday's game. Other players listed as questionable include Christian Barmore, Jawan Bentley, Trent Brown, Hunter Henry, Anthony Jennings, Jonathan Jones, Connor McDermott, Matthew Slater, and Jelani Tavai. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Rich Keith Show coming up. You can stream the show or listen on demand anytime. Just download the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Save WEEI's a favorite and listen wherever you go. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. I'm very, very excited to, to work with Aaron. You know, I've seen the way he has his back, like has his, uh, his, his players' backs. And, you know, the, the one that really gets out to me is when he's like, 
these these guys are savages, you know, and he's yelling at the umpire. And I mean, that's something I want to see out of my head coach, man. I want to see some fire, some fight for the guys. And, um, you know, I think I think just instead of airing people out, you know, have their backs. And and uh, I'm I'm really excited for this fresh start, and you know, just to kind of get with the guys and and really just you know just just change the narrative, man. Go out there, play hard, work hard, and, and just have fun. And that's the biggest thing. Oh God, Verdugo sound like a sappy damn Michael Jackson song. KJ and Lions, WEEI. You can put your lighters down. In two minutes, we'll get to these Alex Verdugo comments, which were absolute shots at Alex Cora with his intro press conference with the Yankees. John, I, I gotta get, I gotta let you flex more your energy about just the frustration of the Red Sox not getting Yamamoto. Missing out on Juan Soto. Like, here's what's even kind of almost embarrassing about the Juan Soto deal. Is that Verdugo never went back to San Diego in the deal. Everybody thought that was what's going to happen. Yeah, and by the way, Verdugo, I know we're going to get to Verdugo, but, like, this is that's one of those times I wish I could swear on the radio. You know what I mean? You it's can. Just, just brutal. Yeah, Ken I, Laird will call you and ask you what you said. Because let me tell you how it works here. Like, because I've been in management in this company. He'll get an email. It is, it is not true, Stiz. He'll get an email to say, hey, the dump button was used. And here's the portion that was dumped. So I'm just letting you know that ahead of time of how the how the magic works. So if I were to say like Ken is effing great, he would get he's an not going to get an email. He's not an email because you know Stiz didn't dump it. No, no. But if I if I use the whole word, he would get an email. But he would read that. So yeah, well, yeah, maybe well, that's he would the hear loophole. It, yeah. Well, well, yeah. Imagine if Stiz hit it at the wrong time. Well, you get eight mm. seconds. Yeah. Well, but yeah, I mean, look, look. This is this is the frustration. That the fan base and I and John, we totally understand. It's kind of like, how are you not even in the room where the where the where the room was where it's happening, like in Hamilton? Like you're not even in the room where the room is happening. You're not even Aaron Burr in this situation. What is going on? Yeah, like and, and here's the here's the thing. Like I'm a Red Sox fan. They've won four World Series this century after not winning one for 86 years. I do appreciate that, and I do have fond memories of those World Series. And frankly, KJ, I'm not saying, oh, they should have won more World Series. Like, if I was talking about the Bruins, I'd be like, hey, they should have won another cup or two. Like, I'm not saying they should have won more. What really bothers me is that when they haven't won World Series, they've largely been in last place over the last decade. And I think it shows a lack of winning priority. In Fen- at Fenway Park from the ownership group. Now, what about around Fenway? Is it winning? You've got a new performance venue. You've got in- increased oh, foot traffic stuff. Financially, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, I, and, I, I think yeah. Th- and I think that's the part where we have to come to some realization that business is still business at hand, right? Like, this isn't like our Little League games where at the end of the season, somebody takes foots the pizza bill and we get trophies that are that were made at some random trophy store. Like, these guys are in business to make money. Yeah, and just a little caveat story on that. Last February... You got a trophy? uh, No, I didn't. But I took a tour of Fenway Park. I'd been to Fenway Park like 50 times, never taken a tour. So I happened to be in Boston in February. Now, this is a February day. It's cold out. The outfield grass has been ripped up. And there was still like 50 people on that tour at like $30 a pop. So you know what I mean? And they do those every hour. So they're making a lot of money there, no matter what. 
And I know that's just a college football game in an area where nobody really cares about college football, which I also went to pretty decent sized crowd there, too. Thank you. And I know those are two anecdotal stories. But my point is that, like, look at the two decades of because they've owned the team for 21 years. Right. They bought in 2002. Look at the first decade compared to the second decade. Right. In the first decade in 03, you go to the ALCS. 04, win it all. 05, playoffs. 06, you miss the playoffs. What do you do? You go out and respond. You win a World Series the next year. 08, Game 7 of the ALCS. And if Beckett's not hurt, you probably go to another World Series. 09, playoffs. 10, playoffs. 11, you have that collapse. 12, you finish in last. What do you do in 13? You respond. You win a World Series. Like That's your first decade. So you're pretty much, outside of two years, you're always in the playoffs or right there in the playoff hunt. Can then I ask this... you a question before you get sure. to the next decade? Sure. Was the baseball contract money more in, inclined to the bigger teams at that time where they were still carrying the league? Uh, oh, I would say so. Yeah, I mean, okay, maybe get, maybe not what the Dodgers are spending right now, but I would say so. I mean, if you look at those, again, those Red Sox payrolls in 04 second, 07 second. I mean, they were still up there. And okay, 13, get to the third. second. Get so, to the so, second decade because yeah, so sec- I have a question for that too. So second decade, right? 14, finish last. 15, finish last. 16, make the playoffs. 17, make the playoffs. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think they didn't say. 18, you have the best Red Sox team ever, and you win the World Series. 19, miss the playoffs. 2020, last place. 2021, get to the ALCS, 22-23, back-to-back last place. So we're talking, what, six last place finishes in the last 11 or so years? Like, we're, So that's the point is that it's like, hey, they, they built up and they loaded up to win this one great championship, and they're like, okay, we're good now. And, hey, we got to the ALCS because we made a nice trade for Kyle Schwarber in 2021, but we're not going to keep him around. Right, we're not going to keep Xander Bogarts around. We're not going to keep, and this is before that, but Mookie Betts around. We're not going to go out and really go after Yamamoto or Otani and make serious runs. That We're not going to trade for Juan Soto. I mean, this is the same team that eight years ago, seven, eight years ago, went out and traded for Chris Sale and signed David Price. And it's big, two big reasons why you won a World Series. And now, again, I'm not saying they don't care at all, but there's a distinct feeling from me as a Red Sox fan that winning a World Series, while they would like to, is not the same level of priority that it was for them in the first 10 to 15 years of their ownership. KJ and Lions in for the Rich Keefe Show here on WEEI 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. So to address the second part of the two decades of the ownership, there's a lockout in there, correct? Uh, there was the one, was it last year they had yes. one? Yeah. Right. And so that usually ties to... And the COVID year. Right, in the COVID year, right? So those are two things that really going to eat up the money now. Again, have I ever shown you the, the Red Sox blanket that my mother made me that has all the retired numbers at the bottom? It's it's six feet by six feet. It's like 72 inches by 72 oh, inches. If you, have a, if you have another one, feel free. To oh, you know, she's, she makes them by hand. Come on, Betsy Ross. You know, like, come on. She yeah, makes them by hand. I'm in, man. <laughs> For how much? Because I'm going to get a cut. It's going to cost you at least a G. I can't. We'll discuss the price off the air. My point being is for me to ask my mother to make me a Red Sox blanket, it is very tough for me some cold nights watching some of these games that I've seen over these past few years and saying, is this one of the four legs of the table of Major League Baseball? Do you not see the Red Sox as one of the four legs of the main table of baseball? Normally I would, and the problem is over the past, like let's say since really since 2018, because I think after that changed. Well, here's the thing. Baseball has dramatically changed where a lot of these historic teams, when I was a kid, the Pirates were important. The Brewers were important. 
Um, I'm trying to think of other teams that, that were, the Royals were important the to the Reds point where too. the Reds. Say, yeah. So all these teams have all these histories to them, but because of the changing demographics of America, the Rust Belt is rusting even more. And places like Houston, who I think they've had a team since '65, is now one of the fastest growing populations in the country. So there are some places like the Red Sox, even the Dodgers have a two city history, right? So the Red Sox are one of those few teams, along with the Yankees, the clubs, the Cubs would be another, where they are still at their primary location since they've started, mm-hmm. where other teams are trying to figure out how can they survive. And with the collective bargaining, I'll never forget this, when I lived in Kansas City, I knew a little bit of the financials of the owner. And like clockwork, they would always finish in the black by a million dollars largely based on what they would get from the revenue money from TV and for the luxury tax that teams were spending on. So when you had situations like that and your ownership here in Boston, there's a part of you that says, you know what, if I'm going to be giving up money to these other teams that can't even make half the money that we make, I've got to find other things that are going to put coffers, monies in our pocket. And, and, and yes, the word fan does not even appear in the first three paragraphs of what I said there. Yeah. And this is why I'm concerned that, yes, I, I I do believe they got in the room with Yamamoto, but I don't. I think they were just kind of like, well, what are you doing here? Like, we're not even going there. So the fan thinks of it as the transaction. The business thinks of it as a business. It's 51st dates for a large sum of people who come to Fenway. Right, I've told you about my friend Susan get to Boston. Oh no, oh, yeah, where's we Fenway? Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. I went to a game over the summer. The entire row in front of me was Taurus. Yeah, so like, yeah. so I, I get that. They're pay full price. They don't care who's out there. Like, if anything, you're like, this is a great reason why to not have names on the back of the jerseys because these people don't care and they'll pay premium price. That's the unfortunate business that's going on. But is the business that's going on? Well, and, and here's the other piece of it, too, because I hear yeah. a lot of criticism of, like, oh, they have Liverpool soccer, they have, like, Fenway racing and all that. I'm not against them being in other businesses. Yeah. What I am against is what I feel is the lessening of the priority of winning baseball games here. Because I'll give you a couple examples just here in our own market. And I know well, they're different sports, the sport but, but, but hear me out, right? Bob Kraft has multiple other businesses. Have you ever felt like the Patriots winning is not a priority of his. And I know they suck right now, but you know that's a priority of his. Yeah, but he's not bringing back the lobsters but, to compete with the with the, the, the affections of the Patriots fans, you know. And another one, right? Because there was a report this week that Fenway Sports Group is going to be potentially in this new golf entity with the PGA. One of the investors in that, I read in a report, is Wick Grousebeck, the owner of the Celtics. Well, okay. he's still spending over the luxury tax in the NBA. He still Green gave Jalen Brown a Supermax, right? So, like, he's in other businesses, and you know the Celtics winning is his priority. Like, that's the thing. And I understand. But that NBA television contract hits and, totally different than Major League Baseball. And I understand. that. But MLB also gets the most gate revenue, which the Red Sox benefit more than probably any other team in the Major League, save for maybe the Cubs at Wrigley, which is an awesome place to go, by the way. Like, my thing I understand they are not going to win the World Series every year. I understand they're not going to get to the ALCS every year. But when you're in a market like Boston with a fan base that's as invested as they are, not only just passion-wise, but financially, because you hit the nail on the head, right? People are still going. People are invested. You should be in the ALCS at least once every four to five years, like in World Series contention at a minimum. And really, you should be in the ALCS, I think, two out of every five years in that level of market. You know what should really scare Boston? And they're nowhere Boston? close right now. You know what should really scare Boston? Is that Miami is only like 200,000 people behind Boston. 
to put Boston at 11 and Miami at 10. Now that would set that would be the next revolution right there. If Boston was no longer a top and 10 market, oh my god. Here's another one too. You want to look just in baseball. Look at the Atlanta Braves. Like Atlanta right? comparable market to Boston. I think Atlanta's bigger, but comparable it market is. fan base wise, like passion wise. No, nowhere it. close. Nowhere they, close to Boston they, in terms of in terms of fan base. Not there. passion wise, but I'm just saying oh, size no. of fan like they they built a new ballpark. They Population. drafted and developed well, but what did they do? They actually kept most of the guys they drafted and developed and they used the other ones to bring in great talent you look at this Braves lineup it's pretty much all guys that they either drafted or used prospects of their own to bring in and sign like the Red Sox should be able to do that year in and year out but like, wait, what did the, we the hear Red with Sox, Heim Bloom they're the Red Sox be have been here since day one but what did right? we hear with Heim Bloom right they're going to be sustainable they're going to build this farm system okay that was four years ago a couple of these guys that are young are starting to come up but like Part of the reason you do that is so then you can go trade for a guy like Dylan Cease or a Corbin Burns. And I'm not saying they, I'm not trying to yell at them for something they haven't done yet. Yeah. Those guys are still available. But like, that's the type of thing you did when you got Chris Sale or when you got Josh Beckett or when you got Kurt Schilling. Like that, this ownership group has done that before. Now they're not. I do, I do have to say this about it, the Atlanta base, because I live in Atlanta, right? You have to understand I love the, that stadium, by the way. Right. The Braves. I've only been there since, I think, 60. They're originally a Milwaukee team, so it only picked up once Hank Aaron started going after the home run record. So for a lot of people, the Braves really start around 1970, somewhere in there for, for them. And for many years, man, that place used to be empty. But because of the, the players they had in the pitching staff into the 90s and the competitive balance they had, it was like, hey, the Falcons aren't good, um, the Hawks are so-so, and this baseball team seems to continue to go. And you'd mentioned, right, the reason why gate revenues at baseball are always going to be higher is because they get 81 games at home. Nobody else. Right. The, the whole NBA season is 82 games. So, And that's away and at home. So, uh, again, you, there's nobody, there's nothing that can sell me on that there's nothing more important to the Boston Red Sox and its fan base, which is each other, right? That. Like, forget how you feel about the Patriots. Forget what the Patriots have done over the last 20 years. The Celtics, you could probably add a few years into there, but it doesn't compare to what the Red Sox mean to the Red Sox and New England fan base. Even when they were losing, they were very, very important, right? So, again, there's this, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, I think now it's starting to change. Like, to me, I I get a feeling... Of apathy well, among well, a lot of people around think, the Red Sox over the last couple. Like, people are kind of fed up. And now, like, baseball had to change the rule. I know this is a larger discussion, but they had to change some of the rules because the sport wasn't as entertaining to watch. So you had a team that was not entertaining, finished last place two out of three years. Now you have these new rules. They still finish last. And you have, like, football is the biggest sport. The Celtics are really good. The Bruins are a playoff team every year. So... It feels like there is a larger sense of apathy with the Red Sox year after year after year. Well, that's year. because of the changing demographics, right? That's it, part it, of it, too, sure. Right, because remember, this is a game that was primarily played during the daytime with people wearing suits. So, again, if you're if you're talking about that same sport, that same team, that same location, and moving that, that ball down the line 50 years, there's going to be a lot of changes, man. Who, who goes to a ballpark in a suit? You'd be like, hey... If you see something, say something. It would, it would look that strange. So I think in today's generation demographics, let's just call it 18 to 34, there's a patience level that isn't the same that exists with older fans of the game, right? That's why you, I could, you, the game is a three-hour game. 
you're asking people to do stuff that they're doing every five minutes, you know? So I can't, I can't even be mad at how current fans feel, but at the same time, I can't feel like, Hey, um, this team doesn't matter as much as it does because it does still matter. It, I, I, but I think it's falling me. behind the other teams in town, right? Like for years. And I would argue for decades, Red Sox were the solid number one, like, what are they going to do? Are they finally going to break the curse? Are they going to win a World Series? And then they win, and right. I thought they were still, them and the Patriots were neck and neck, right? Because you had Brady, Belichick, you had a dime. They were neck and neck, and now it feels like the Red Sox are a solid third. Like, when I think of, like, hey, what am I going to talk about on my next WEI shift? It's the Belichick-Pat stuff and the disaster of this season. It's the Celtics, and they are their best team in the NBA, and then it's the Red Sox. Whereas but- last decade, previous decades, Red Sox would be at worst two and most of the time one. Right. Even like, let's just say even before sports talks, talks exists, right? Dark days. Yeah. Right. Red Sox won. No matter, you know, no matter, no matter what. I mean, you can take the years of, I mean, and and think about it. There've been really good teams during those years before everything was won. And suddenly it's been identified as a winner. 75, the 78 series with the Yankees leading into that. The 82 playoff series in the shortened year. 85, 86, Yeah, like 86 is a good example because that Celtics team is one of the best Celtics teams in the history of the franchise. No, but hear me out. That Celtics team is one of the best teams in the history of the Celtics, and yet if you ask a sports fan, what do you remember most about 86? They'd probably say Bill Buckner. Right, like that. That's well, I'd the say point. A three nothing lead like, in Game Seven. You still could no, but the it. point, like one iconic <laughs> moment, and and that's the thing. Right. Like the Celtics won a title that year. One of the, and and the Red Sox, I would argue, were probably still the most talked about team in town. Despite that, like to All your right. point, now we'll get, I just that's not that's not how it is. We'll get to the Verdugo comments in moments. Let's go to David in the car. Thanks for calling KJ Lions here on Weei. David, good evening to you. Hey guys, guys. Uh, first of all, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Merry Christmas, Happy to you Holidays. And your families. You too. Um, you know, I'm sitting here listening to you, and I, no disrespect, but it sounds like when I'm talking to my 21-year-old daughter, you're trying to use logical thought process to figure out something that's illogical. Um, when they bought this team, it was a new bobble. They were excited. They were fans. They cared. Now it's just a money thing, and you've mentioned that it's financial. It's just like when the put the Bruins through the '80s and everything. It's it's just fueling the rest of the business. They've lost interest. We're no longer the shiny bead and bobble. So it's just a money maker for them. And until the fans totally turn their back on them with TV and at the park, only financially will they actually get it. And the best thing is for them to sell the team at its profit at its most profitable because it is not logical to think as a fan because they don't. David, thanks for the call. Uh, actually, he just proved that my conversation. I think he was just logical. agreed with me, even though he compared me to his twenty-one-year-old daughter. I think he agreed because that's what I'm saying is like it doesn't feel like I'm not saying they don't care, but it their focus on winning baseball games does not feel the same as it did in. Oh three, oh four, oh seven, because it hadn't happened. Because it hadn't happened. But right? even like, eighteen, you, like right. think about the money they spent on that twenty eighteen team. Like that was right. a lot of freaking money. But and, like, it doesn't feel like that, that focus is there. So then maybe the COVID situation and then the lockout are are, are things that kind of slow the pace down. Because like you said, you have to look at it as a business at some point. Yeah. But every team deals with that. Like that's it's not the Red Sox aren't the only team affected by COVID. Right. right, they but weren't the only team affected the Pirates, by the CBA. If you're the Pirates and you spend $40 million after COVID, right. you say, okay, we can only spend $36 But the Red, the Red Sox aren't in that category. <laughs> they can spend the money. Like, they can. 
And and maybe they can't spend as much as the Dodgers. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. Maybe they can't even spend quite as much as the Yankees. Okay, but like that's not an excuse for missing out on all these guys or letting all your homegrown. I mean, think, think about all the great homegrown players they have. They've re-signed one of them, Endeavors. Yeah, but does okay. I know we've got we're up against the break here, yeah. but almost like a year later, does the Xander Bogarts um, losing out on him, him going to San Diego, does it feel as bad? Now? Yes, he hit two eighty with like eighteen homers. You don't think that, and he had really good defense. You don't think they could have used that? They missed well, the they, playoffs in large part because of their defense in the middle of the infield. Yeah, they could have used it, but like just from the business perspective, yeah, don't like, ruin I my narrative either, KJ. Right before well, the break, come on. Well, I mean, that's the other part. It's like you know, like I understand I'm just if you have KJ. to let things go, but it's tough. I get it. But it is KJ and Lines in for the Rich Keefe Show, 617-779-7937, text line 37937. Lines then next, plus we talk Patriots. Thanks for hanging out, WEEI. You can watch the show anytime via our live stream on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash Boston WEEI. And check out WEEI on YouTube for our video on demand content updated daily. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. Yeah. KJ and Lines in for the Rich Keep Show on WEEI. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you. You don't want to miss the gifts that we will wrap for our WEEI fellow mates here in 45 minutes on WEEI. All right, let's go to the text line. There's 37937. What you got? All right, KJ. Let's see. Uh, text from the six one seven. Free agents go where the money goes. Where the money is. It's pretty simple. If you think it's that simple, then DeAndre Hopkins has caught how many passes this year? They did uh, offer look, him the most money, though, so he went there. They offered him the same. They just required no, they him to do him more. more. The they offered him the same money. He had to do more to get his incentives. He they wasn't going to reach those incentives. More money. Look, that's the thing. That's what I was saying in the first break. Some believe that, oh, because it's the most money, they're just going to come here. And then they start talking to somebody else, and they're like, you know what? If it's part of my peace of mind, uh, what's two what's two million Look, dollars I, less? I, I would say not always, but the vast majority of the time, the team that offers the most money, if it's a free agent destination, gets the player. Yeah, not think, always, no, not always. Nobody, but nobody thought nobody thought the Dodgers would get as smart as they did with the deferment money with Otani, and I think that caught a lot of people off guard. Yep. I think that's what happened. All right, one more text. Uh, let's see. Uh, another 617. Another point. The Patriots and the Red Sox are just no longer attractive free agent destinations. Players want to win. Yeah, there you go, right? So you I can give me the, the most yeah. money. For the you winning. Would... So, But I think if you're the Patriots or the Red Sox, because you are not winning at a high level, you have to offer the most money. Like the Patriots <laughs> had a luxury for a while where you had Tom Brady. So if there were two offers that were the same and the guy's like, oh, well, I'll play with Tom Brady. Right or even if yours was a little bit less, like I'll play with. T- but when you don't have that, like the unicorn, like that, then guys aren't gonna take less money. Look, right? If, if someone if someone offered you ten million dollars to sleep with gargoyle, or two million dollars to sleep with olive oil, which one are you sleeping with, olive oil or gargoyle? Uh, motor oil? I don't know, man. Like no, 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 no. See, that's the thing. Why take more players? Don't but take that's, more money but, to be in an ugly situation. Oh, a lot of them will. I'm not. It's a larger discussion, but a lot of them, I think, will. But if you're talking about coming to championship pedigree teams, right? The yeah. Red Sox have a pedigree of championships. So do the Patriots. We're not talking about going to go play for, uh, but for the free New Orleans Saints. Now, do they? 
Like, like you know what I mean? Like, because the Red yeah. Sox, the last, the Red Sox last championship was five years ago. The Patriots was four years ago. Uh, That's really, also five relatively, ago. relatively, like, especially for but, franchises that go for seven, eight year droughts. But if you're a free agent and you're looking at the Patriots, you're like, oh, they're one of the worst teams in the NFL now. Like, I, if I want to win, maybe that's not the place for me. Like, yeah, they have Bill right now. Yeah, they're going to have a top five pick. But I don't know if that's the place that I'm going to go in and win right away as opposed to a San Francisco, Philadelphia, place like that. So we're talking Red Sox, and Alex Verdugo made his comments saying uh, he wants to play for a, a, a head coach, which is funny when you hear that as your manager. Um, it might be another stab. That's really going out there to back up the player and not calling them out. Like on a scale of one to ten, how much is that calling Alex Cora out? Uh, I would say on a scale of one to ten, it's a ten. Yeah, I was because it's the only one ten with the ten exponents. Yeah, like come on, dude. Like really, like Alex Cora and Jonathan Papelbon was on earlier with Rob Bradford and Mike Cadlick filling in for Jones and Mego. Like Alex Cora defends his players and backs them up as much, if not more, than any manager in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Like you know, you know why Alex Cora got ask fed the, up? Ask and, the ask the players he, that played under him yeah. when he was an assistant manager in Houston. Yeah, they Maybe love him. They up. all yeah. love him, right? And in fact, he took the fall for that sign stealing thing. <laughs> Thank you. Like you know what? I mean? Not only did they love him, he took the fall, and it was look. He was part of it, and he deserved to get punished. You really right. think he was the major only driving force between that? No players were there, and like, come on, like to me, if Verdugo doesn't want to get called out, show the hell up on time. Yeah. Like you know what? I, and it's I guarantee you, KJ, that he showed up late multiple times. <laughs> Five after, like really, <laughs> like he showed up late. There's no way that one time in August right. he showed up late, got benched, and Alex Cora said something about it after that he, dude must. And we know who Verdugo is, right? He's right. a what two eighty hit a guy who's average. By the way, has gone down every year the last four years. A side note, but that's a guy that. Got into you know skirmishes with Yankee fans at Yankee Stadium. He wears his heart on his sleeve, which on the surface, right, we like. But the problem is when that bleeds into all the other aspects of your professional life, like, oh, I can do what I want. I'll be late, whatever. I'm my own guy. Like, that's a huge problem. He was a problem. Was he a good player? Yes. Was he a really good right fielder? Yes. Is he a guy that I wanted them to re-sign? Absolutely not. Right? Is he a guy the Yankees are going to probably have an okay run with for a year? Yes. Is he a guy the Yankees probably want there five more years? Absolutely not. You don't want to get called out? How about you show up for $10 million okay, so, a year? John, we got to do the Lions then. Show Save up. Save some of that for the for the Lions and some of the, the who are you going to throw to. <laughs> KJ and I showed up tonight. <laughs> Stiz showed up. And it's Tiz. <laughs> this guy's fired up. About lions. <laughs> Can't lose to this guy after. King of the jungle. All right, John, breathe through your nose and out through your mouth. Here we go with the first. Will the Celtics roar on Christmas? Yeah, the Celtics are going to show up on Christmas, I'll tell you that. Yeah, they're going to roar. I actually think that that's going to be a great game, but I think they're going to roar, and we're going to talk more Celtics later, but a lot of good things going on with them right yeah, now. Yeah, can, can the Celtics burn that stupid banner that the Lakers put up for winning the midseason? You know what? For winning a JV tournament? I'm glad the Celtics did win the in-season tournament if that's what they were going to put up. Holy smokes. Yeah, that's ridiculous. All right, the next one. Is there any chance the Patriots roar to a win in Denver? Yeah, 8%. Yeah. 
8%. Actually, I would say, no, it's a 6.3% because there's a 93.7% chance that the Broncos win. I don't know. The Broncos tend to play ugly games with lower scores, and I would think if there would be the surprise win, it could be at Denver where Denver is kind of asleep at the wheel. I I think the Patriots might be in it. I don't think it would be what we've seen over the last couple of weeks where it's just kind of like, hey, get to the movie in the first 10 minutes because the remaining 50 are bad. <laughs> All right, this last one. John, you put this in there. Will Will KJ's family roar at him after they see the gifts he bought for Christmas? Be careful, son. No, I, I think they're going to be very excited. Woo! They are going to they are going to meow happy meows to KJ and give him a hug. Well, because you know I have all women in my house, so you know if they roar, then clearly it's something going on in the calendar. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah. If you need to, you can come to my house for Christmas if they all start <laughs> roaring at you. Hey, I might start calling around Saturday night at eleven. I might need a day of respite. So, I'll be up. Okay. Well. Don't wait for me, though. The Lions dead here on K, uh, KJ and Lions on WEEI. We talk Patriots next, plus we got Celtics on the way, and we've got gifts for our WEEI fellow employees. Hang out the next hour next on WEEI.